I gotta get to my cave. High mystery. Well, he lived in a cabin way down by the creek. He mm. ran through the dust in his bare feet. But they didn't know that one fine day that he would rule the USA mm. and be the best leader in all the land. Yes, young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. Young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. He walked many miles to school every day and no kind of weather could keep him away. A learning to read and a learning to write, he whipped any man in a wrestling fight. He whipped any, he whipped many of them with just one hand. Yes, young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. Young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. Is that a song? It sure is. By young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. Young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. I kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Horton and uh, R. Huff. It could also be like that kind of like Johnny Cash kind of style where it's just like, young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. You know what I mean? Like a little more bluesy rock. Sure. We could do a lot with it, really. Sure. Well, this is High Mystery the Podcast. Hey. Yeah. I'm Tristan. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. And you are you. All each and individually you. That's true. Yeah. Today you are you that is truer than true. There's no one in the world who is youer than you. Oh, did Johnny Cash do that one? That's Dr. Seuss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> could be reimagined. <laughs> I don't know too many quotes by heart, but that's one of them that I do. Sure. It's not a terrible one to know. Everyone is definitely unique, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I stick by that. <laughs> favorite quote? Would you say that's your favorite? Maybe. It's definitely up there. I also really like, but I can never remember the whole thing, but all that glitters is not gold. Mm-hmm. It's a little longer than that. There's something like the long roots that grow deep don't feel the frost. Mm-hmm. There's a few There's a few more like really great, like every single line of it is really solid. So that might be my favorite, but they're pretty close up there, you know. Mm-hmm. Seuss, Tolkien, mm-hmm. titans of their industry. No. No debate there. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to be getting high and doing mystery stuff. Oh, yeah. So, on the high note, I brought a high supply of indica. Mm-hmm. There's a box, and in this box there are 7.5 pre-rolls. And uh, it just says indica flower. Nice. I didn't realize you had the like actual brand high supply at first. I thought you were just like, I've got my high supply. Nah. I was like, that's pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call my weed box. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot claim credit for that. Oh, I, I mean, I, I they can, can though. They can. Yeah. They did they did claim it. Yeah, cleverly. It's trademarked. <laughs> so they definitely did claim it. Sure. Uh it's got 25.968% THC. No, that's incorrect. Oh, no. <laughs> Total cannabinoids, 24.723% okay. THC and 0.082% sedae. Just a little bit. Yeah, they paid for that extra percentage mark. Sure. Didn't just go the two decimal, then two. No, decimal, then three. That's right. We're accurate as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, these baby jeeters. They are sativa. Oh, I guess you wear a baby. Jeeters, little tiny one. 
But it's, uh, uh, it's a piece. baby that will do a doozy. Yeah, that key from Steve that glitter. It, um, it truly is the noisy cricket from yes. Men in Black. Yes. Which is, I'm realizing, a dated old man reference at this point. I guess so. We're yeah. old people now, yeah. guys. Dang. We're referencing things from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is Tropicana Cookies. Mm. It's got a total THC content of 34.08%, and it expires June 22nd, 2022. So the flavor is Tropicana Cookies? Yeah, I was thinking about that too, Tristan. I was like, what kind of cookie would I expect right? after Tropicana? Thank you. <laughs> My first thought is something very fruity, like maybe yeah. like an orange spice orange. cookie. Okay. Or if you like... If they're really wild on their cookies, maybe like a pina colada kind of thing. Yeah. Of course, I'm basing this off of, like, I don't think I've ever been to a Tropicana. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would say that it's, it is like an orange uh, sugar cookie. Okay. At and the Tropa. The Tropicana. <laughs> we actually were at the Tropicana. In that's, Vegas? Yeah, that's the... Uh, the uh, oh wait, no! You, I don't think you were there. That's the one out. with RuPaul that RuPaul's uh, Drag Race uh, performs at. Oh, you were thinking of the Flamingo, maybe. The Flamingo, maybe that's it. That's maybe what thought made you think you were at the Tropicana. Yeah, mm-hmm. is the Tropicana even a thing? Write in. Was <laughs> <laughs> it mail us at? at? <laughs> this is not the mystery. <laughs> I have the Union Electric Space Cowboy. Uh, that's at 24.16% THC. Uh, inside, I also have my Nug Club uh, strains, but I threw, out the, I threw out the jars too quick. So. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of a mix in there. There's also, I broke out my high supply nice. into my greater high supply, and that's what's in there too. Yeah, I would do that, but uh, I have found that these are pretty convenient come like adventure time or sure. you're just like you gotta go do something and <laughs> and you didn't have to roll anything yeah yeah and it's small and convenient like you're not going to be sitting down for like a complete sesh sure know, so it's going to be like or if you have to go to a party and you don't want to necessarily smoke everyone out with <laughs> the, the one blunt you brought or sure whatever. yeah this is a joint you can light and pass down and not worry about <laughs> it ever coming back kind of deal yeah yeah i get you uh, so someone... Rob is going to spark yeah. his babajita. I can't do it without the proper light that blunt music. Oh, baby jita. 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 I felt like it should have its own song as opposed to <laughs> like a light that blunt. So <laughs> that's what I keep following. Solid, solid decision. I don't know if we make the final cut of the album, but I had fun with it. Well, <laughs> we got to ask Brian if it lived up to the other blunt yeah, yeah. songs. <laughs> He's truly our best critic. <laughs> um, yes. So I guess we got to do mysteries now that we're <laughs> working. That we're focused. We got the high part covered. We better cover the mystery part too. I guess. <laughs> just as no, I like the mystery parts too. <laughs> and just to let you guys know, if you haven't tried the baby jeers, you know they're not sponsoring us, but they taste <laughs> but they should amazing. <coughs> yeah, every, every time they t- they have just a very unique taste. So. You get a little pack of five. They're they're like you're saying. They're good to go for if you want to adventure. You definitely get. <laughs> a solid five-minute burn out of them. We tested it. Yeah. It is accurate. And also, if, uh, you know, you're a vape pen smoker and you're accustomed to having some, like, delicious taste and 
fucking vape. Vapey vape. Well, this has that, but without the, you know, sorry, the lameness of a vape. <laughs> uh, no, it's true, though. The watermelon is distinctly watermelon. It's delicious. Yes. Uh, so, welcome back to another episode of a Lincoln assassination. Did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people would say so. Some people would say no. We're here to represent those people <laughs> who would say no. Well, I feel like their voice is <laughs> At less least loud and less sure. heard. So, sure. you know, let's even out the spectrum. <laughs> we all know, we've all heard the story of yes, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually kind of boring if you if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, Been told is, the same story for 150 years. Come on, a, a story that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I'm yeah, always who curious. Who would murder a president? I'm always yeah. curious though <laughs> In about a theater. Like, like little things like what did John Wilkes Booth have for breakfast that day? Like I'm sure there's no historical account, but that kind of stuff interests me. Hmm. Yeah, I I know that um, they cover a little bit of it in that. Shakespeare Across America book. Read a book. It's fun. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know people who listen to audiobooks. Hey, listen to audiobooks too. I you still get the information. I, I, I listened to the audiobook. I have an Audible subscription. Again, like the only podcast that's not sponsored by him. <laughs> Audible. Audible? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you listen to podcasts, you're hearing a lot of ads for Audible. For sure. I'm just saying, like, why aren't you sponsoring? <laughs> yeah, what's up, Audible? What are you trying to say? <laughs> uh, so yeah, to do a short little recap, because I got plenty of other new junks that we can talk about. Okay. The new, new junk. Yeah, yeah. we kind of covered that, like, it's odd that it was in a theater. Sure. It's odd that, according to the mainstream story, there was a lot of time for theatrics that <laughs> you don't imagine happening. I'm curious. This type of scenario. And I'm sure it's hard to know the answer to this, but like if there are other instances of assassination or anything like similar to this happening in a theater. You know what I'm talking about? Death at a theater. (coughs) Um, I can't think of anybody else. Definitely not as famous. Yeah. It's like. I feel like there must have been one time when the props got mixed up for like a real (coughs) knife instead of a fake knife. Or a real gun instead of a fake gun. Or that's just a, a death in theater. But who knows? They could have been planted. Like, maybe mm. they could have swapped it out at the prop. Uh, Where was the understudy? Right? <laughs> More like yeah, the understudy is the one who... It's always the understudy. Mm. <laughs> They're looking for their fame. Like, look, I'm sorry. Just Unless there's some freak accident, uh, he's not going to, you know... <laughs> you're the yeah. understudy, bro. Unless the prop gun suddenly becomes a real gun tonight, you're not going on stage. <laughs> well, anyways, I'm going to leave my real gun over here yeah. next to this prop gun. <laughs> <laughs> I always bring a few guns to set. <laughs> so we also talked a little bit about, like, why would this even want to be a faked scenario? Like, who does it benefit? Why would they go down that route, basically? Yeah, and one of the big things was he was potentially sick, and they didn't want him to get weary in the public eye. Yes, very sick to the point where he was going to die soon. Yeah. Um, Obviously, (laughs) we all know and have seen proof of, like, how much of a toll being a president takes on you. Like, it gives you, like... 
Well, not only that, what they're willing to try and hide from the public. I mean, FDR in his little wheelchair, uh, yeah. like the tiny wheels that they like hid onto a statue and stuff like that. He tried for years to convince everybody he was fully able-bodied. Mm-hmm. And uh, just in order for them to have the end scenario that happened, this had, like, he had to be president. It wouldn't have... In, in order to finish the Civil War that had been started, basically. Sure, there's, you know, yeah. and then after the Civil War, there's, you know, Reformation, and uh, that's, that's a big uh, task. And it did. I mean, yeah. his death did bring people together. It brought people under the, the, the plan of attack that was kind of maybe losing some faith by the people. So, like... Whether or not that was the ultimate end goal, that was the goal, and it was uh, <coughs> beneficial to a certain group of people who were pushing a certain narrative. Anybody who wanted to potentially unite what was now the Union of the United States of America. And push through like the agenda that had been going, maybe not as successfully as intended in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, who's to say, right? Yeah, I wasn't fucking there. You know I what? Mean, maybe None I of us were. My consciousness right now, in order to perceive this timeline, is not recalling any memories of that happening. So. Man, I gotta say, if I had a time machine, I probably wouldn't stop by this assassination anyway. Well, you know, and also for people that have, like, you know, past lives, if you, in a past life, were either John Wilkes Booth or Abraham Lincoln... We want to hear from you. <laughs> First <laughs> yes, out of campus. <laughs> yes, right, please. Right in. If you are now channeling the former dead president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that too. We want all mediums and channelists. <laughs> but uh, we will we will tell your stories. We will. I, yeah. I would be so excited if a medium wanted to come on the show and contact Abe Lincoln for us. I mean, anybody. Yeah. We did a whole thing on medians, like, so yeah, it's yeah. great to have a median in person. For sure. Doing oh, their God. thing. I, right? I want it to only be the lady from Poltergeist. That's the way a long time. Yeah, anymore. but I mean, just somebody channeling that actor. Robert. <laughs> we have to do what we have to do, Robert. I don't know, I don't know if that's a good impersonation or not. I just know this house is clean. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. Flippy Goldberg was actually a medium. Oh yeah, and she say. came in, and that's did. that's an Academy Award winning medium. Right? <laughs> that's somebody who's known yeah, to they, love weed. They won oh, yeah, the Academy Award for that stuff. Role. I didn't know Whoopi had weed stuff. Yeah, I think it's mainly like feminine products to support like oh, like a CBD infused. So it's not like an eighth of like. Whoopi's best. Yeah, no, not that uh, I'm aware of. Okay. But that, so I've been a fuck Whoopi, you're missing Whoopi out products. on some good. Honestly. I yeah. mean, I'll just say I bought those bath bombs that were like infused or something. Yeah. And they were extremely comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Relaxing. It's a nice tub experience. Oh, well, it's on so. On the verge of almost dying. <laughs> it was, it was sleep. Yeah. like, uh, it was the after you get out of the tub. When, you know, after all baths, you tend to want to go to sleep or something, but sure. man, you feel real drowsy okay. after a bubble bath and whatever and CBD that is. CBD-infused yeah. uh, bubble bombs. 
Just... I, I bought a Chicha stash. Oh, a Chicha stash. It was lovely. Yeah, it's uh, I think I've had. I could concur on that. I've had. I've purchased that. I'm trying to stuff. think of uh, like who else I've had their products, but I can't really think. We've of had uh, Tyson. Mike Tyson had some. Yeah, remember okay. I brought in? It was Tyson Ranch. Yes, yes, I do remember now. I we had when, back when we were getting. <laughs> I would love to do a high mystery TV episode with Mike Tyson. That yeah, would be fucking short. <laughs> <laughs> we got Mike Tyson. <laughs> but we had a. It wasn't necessarily his product, but he was sponsoring at Drake. He'd had a backwoods. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, and we've had the Jeters. I assume they have some. Sort of association with Derek Jeter? I, I don't think so. No, not at all. <laughs> you think they would lean into that if they did? I mean, hopefully <laughs> this doesn't end with a cease and desist from Derek Jeter <laughs> at all. <laughs> Whoa, don't be a narc. Like, if you're going to do anything, just be like, hey, let me get in on that. Like, uh, official. Yeah, that's true. You could just tell them they owe you a lot of money. It would just be weird to have Derek Jeter, you know, it's a California-grown product, so a New York Yankee. Oh, I see. Not so great. Who knows? He might be an L.A. man now. I doubt it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's ingrained in New York. He was on the okay. Yankees for like 20 years. <laughs> Why would you just suddenly move to Los Angeles? He might have a house here, yeah, having said all that. Exactly. He's Derek Jeter. He's Derek <laughs> fucking Jeter. Respect the man. <laughs> Back to this here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that we went off the yeah, yeah, yeah. the Derek Jeters. We were just looking for mediums. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we talked about his, his like, uh, death mask or whatever being a non-death mask. Yeah. Yeah, that and didn't make so there, match it. Yeah, and so there's actual no, like, you know, no one's really seen the body or seen the head wound, really, to, like, know how impactful this gunshot was to the mm-hmm. head uh we also talked about like some doctored photos last time and how they like um you know also lead to the idea that it's all a fabricated story yeah makes sense maybe like they uh john wilkes booth didn't kill lincoln but they killed John Wilkes Booth. I'm pretty sure that's true. Well, I'll get <laughs> a little bit of that. Sure, but I'm just saying maybe they're, you know, swapping the bodies. I feel like that was part of what Tristan talked about, though. Like, John Wilkes Booth gets killed, what, like like two weeks later or something? Yeah, he yeah. was on the run for It was a good while. chunk of time, and, like... He only, like, gave himself up because he needed to heal from that leg wound. Well, it's like a posse took him out or whatever. Like a group of people hunting him down took him out. Assuming that that's the narrative you want to believe. I mean, it's a pretty badass narrative. However, (laughs) I have some other... Also, there's more on John. Sure, sure, sure. There there will be. Uh, JWB. But let's go back to Powell, who we talked about at the end of the last episode. We were looking at one of his pictures um, about it being doctored and stuff. So why is that like important and relevant? Uh, is that looking at that picture, there was a few things that were very odd about it. One thing was how he was dressed. You know, he wasn't dressed in like regulation prisoner attire. Um, it looks more like an artist schmuck, if you will. Uh, so who was Powell? Yes. For starters, he was an admitted spy. Mainstream sources tell us that he was in the Confederate Secret Service, but 
his story indicates another double agent just like Booth. Let's not be a very good spy. I was thinking the same fucking thing. I mean, none of these guys I just guys wanted are. to say <laughs> People should know if you're yeah, a spy. Well, for, well first well, off, you don't admit to being a spy. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's first rule of spying. Once he got old, he was like, yeah, I did that spy shit. <laughs> yeah. okay. That was a, you know, let's just say the 1850s was a weird time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't an active spy at the time, is what Tristan's saying. Oh, okay. So, man, it was from like, the 1820s? He, like, retired, he was chilling on his vineyard, and he was like, listen, I was a spy, by the way. In the 1820s, an 1820s spy. That's a good novel. Uh, <laughs> so he was clearly working for the Union in the fake assassination, working mainly as another actor, which would make him Union Secret Service, not Confederate. Okay. Uh, the evidence for this, uh, since he traveled across battle lines many times including a quote-unquote escape from a pow camp in baltimore to rejoin the virginia cavalry we're told that he managed his escape with the help of a nurse but even that story is like very weird i mean it sounds pretty cool it sounds like he's like black widow playing both sides against the middle I, I was thinking he sounds like Bond just seducing the nearest woman. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get you out of here. Hello, You're right, bro. right? <laughs> yeah, Hello, sure. Maybe. <laughs> uh, it's more likely, though, that his trips north were for debriefing or holidays and that his return to the south was a uh, return to his spying for the north. Got you. So it's possible that Powell didn't escape from the POW camp in Baltimore. Uh, he was recruited for intelligence there. And then it wasn't with the help of just a nurse that he escaped. Uh, he was allowed to escape by the higher ups. Uh, and the later Confederate intelligence story is just a cover up. Mm. Okay. Uh, more evidence that supports that is that we're told that after some time in Virginia, he returned to Baltimore to visit the nurse, Maggie Branson. But again, it's much more likely that Branson also worked in intelligence for the Union and that she was his contact, not a lover. Maggie Branson. Tale as old as time. <laughs> Boy meets girl, cross Civil War lines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Romeo and Juliet story of Civil War. Okay, so this guy's a spy. Why does he matter again? Um... I'll get it. Because he knows Okay, it's shit. coming. Okay. Yeah. And he was involved. Yeah. He was involved. In the transporting of Lincoln. We're told that while in the North this time, he was arrested as a spy and required to sign an oath of allegiance, which he signed as Louis Payne, uh, which doesn't make sense because, you know, you don't arrest a spy and have them sign oaths of allegiance and then just release them. <laughs> he signed the oath, and he seemed like he was really allegiant. Well, who's, yeah, who's like he kissed my feet. So. Yeah, <laughs> he who's promised. He, who's he signing an oath to? South, the north, the north, the north. Oh wow! So normally, you, as a spy, you're executed or jailed, uh, but he was simply released. So we must assume it's because he was a double agent working for the north while appearing to work for the south. Sure, I mean, that's like every good spy, right? Even yeah. Though it's, Jury's out on whether he's a good spy or not. Sure. He's <laughs> a spy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it also applies to John Surratt as well, a contact of Powell, also said to be a conspirator against Lincoln and Confederate spy. However, 
If you look closely, you can see that he was another member of Union Intelligence. Oh, man. Miss Union. <laughs> uh, so another curious story from the mainstream is that not wanting to take part in the fake trials after the fake assassination, Surratt left the country and ended up, and ended up being a papal suave. <laughs> papal, What's that? papal suave. It's a guard for the Pope. Oh, okay. So conspiracy theorists try to pull all sorts of papal, papal, yeah, papal. papal. Okay. A papal suave? Suave. Suave? Um, <laughs> suave, if it's suave. S-A-U-V-E, they have that brand of no, hair it's soap. S-O-U-A-V-E, suave. Yeah. Suave. Papal suave. Suave. <laughs> Sounds like papal suave from Calvin Klein. Yes. The newest So, yeah, other conspiracies outside of this theory they try to pull into like big time players, one being that the Pope had a part to play uh, in it all. But if Lincoln wasn't assassinated, all the theories like fall apart, you know, because like, if you're gonna say the Pope killed him, but he didn't really die, it was just faked, then your whole theory like. (laughs) I mean, you told the Pope though, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's Uh, how he got the job. He's like, no, no, he didn't die. He was faked murdered, and then they're like, oh, you are a good spy. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to have you as a papal suave. Uh, You'll know how to fake yeah. his assassination as well. So an American dude who was a <clears throat> agent of the North went to Italy after that? Yeah, because he didn't want to be part of this fake trial. Yeah. This fake so it was his trial. way of like absconding, like running away. Yeah, like... Pleading the fifth, basically. That still seems like crazy. Doesn't it seem crazy that it, that an American ends up becoming an Italian, like... I mean, but this is the 1850s, guard. so, you yeah. know... Uh, like, did he speak a lot of Italian? I gotta assume he did. He must have. I mean, I feel like America was half Italian at this point. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, the Vatican so many... definitely has ties to some of the wealthiest people in the U.S. pulling strings for the war and other things, so... Oh, uh, so it's a little connection. I mean, immigration is crazy <clears throat> in the 1850s. So many people are coming over, so I would not... I don't know my 1850s immigration that well. I don't know. I'm no expert on immigration either. But I got to assume that English maybe not was not as well spoken throughout the land because so many immigrants from other places were coming to America. Sure, sure. I mean, that, I especially like now that right. you know uh, slavery's ended. <laughs> It just ended slavery. The war is over. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> well, I know they were taking like a bunch of like Irish and uh, yeah, what other immigrants to like fight in the wars and stuff. Like as soon as they got off the boat, um, they would get like war papers and oh yeah. wow. Depending on what port you hit. My yeah. Goodness. Welcome to America. Enjoy the war. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so there's a picture of Surratt as a suave in 1866. He's supposed to be on the run for being involved in the biggest U.S. conspiracy of all time, but, you know, he's going to take a picture. Maybe he just got a great opportunity and wanted to taste the pizza. (laughs) I hear their pizzas are very good. And if you eat the whole thing, you get your picture taken. (laughs) There's definitely, like, I know there's not, there's, like, a finite number of papal guards. I mean, you have to. I feel like everybody... I feel like it's a pretty high honor to to do that job. So, 
It's yeah, yeah. I imagine akin to the president. I mean, it's the world's president, really. Yeah, you're secret service is the world's president. The church's president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are the voice of God, and you're infallible. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not me saying that. That's just the Catholic Church thing. Yeah, yeah and yeah, the sure. world by large, I guess. Well, to speak about like you know, it is a an honored position or a high position. So yeah. like that's more proof that throughout was union intelligence because they want to just give that to any old schlub. Sure. Um, so he knew he was protected. We see proof of that when an old friend. Henry Baumont de Sainte Marie recognized. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's got a, a one of those. <laughs> Say it all again. Henry Baumont de Sainte Marie. <laughs> Henry you Beaumont killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs> he recognized Tarai and notified the papal. Is that what we decided? Yeah, papal yeah. Papal. Offices and roughest king U.S. minister in Rome. Oh. On November 7th, 1866, John Surratt was arrested and sent to Velletri Prison, which he had escaped because he's good at escaping, <laughs> and lived with the Garibaldians, who I'll talk about later. The Garibaldians? They gave him safe passage. Uh, you know, again, agents escape from prison, but no one else really does. And we see it Again, when he finally is caught and brought back to the U.S. for trial, unfortunately, the statute of limitations had conveniently just run out. Oh. So Seurat ended up marrying a cousin of Francis Scott Key living in Baltimore, the North, and having, uh, you know, just seven children. (laughs) Francis Scott Key. Quick seven kids. Is he the uh, guy that uh, wrote our uh, national anthem? Is that... Was that Francis Scott Key? Sounds right. Francis <laughs> I mean, we know he's a famous person. What is he famous for? Write in on YouTube. So he was clearly protected from the beginning by the winning in the war, not the loser. I don't know what I, what I was trying to say there. Anyways, there's more proof that you should also take a closer look at the Suave Zave connection. The main protector of the Pope at this time was not the Zaves. They were only guards. The protector of the Pope was the army of France. France, although said to be neutral in the Civil War, was actually aligned with the North. France never recognized the Confederate States and at times helped in their blockade. Okay. Definitely remember. Francis Scott Key did write the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. Wasn't he like trapped in a ship or something? When uh, he wrote that. Like um, he was like imprisoned or something. Oh God! Oh, more I, questions. <laughs> I, I think I remember hearing about that. Like he could I think see I saw that, it on a drunk history episode. <laughs> I, I, I might have seen I, like, it in Cosmos. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson had a cartoon about it or something. It was in the War of eighteen twelve. I know that much. Okay, yeah, I think he was just seeing the bombs going off, explosions, and yeah, the song. Uh, and although the Garibaldi was not an ally of the Vatican, the Garibaldians were nonetheless allies of the Union. Garibaldi was beholden to the North for financial support during his campaigns, which is why the Garibaldians sheltered Surratt. Huh. 
So both the Zave connection and the Garibaldi connection link Surat to the north, not the south. We've been fed a lot of disinformation at this point, with the mainstream most often telling us Surat's connection to the Pope indicates his Confederate ties, that that is simply, you know, not the case, as we see. He's Surat's... Hmm? He's in the north. Yes, yeah. and that's where he, like, ends He's his, his time. He's a uh, northman. Surratt's mother Mary was the first woman hanged by the U.S. and no, no. that she died along with Powell, Harold, and Atzerdot. All for witchcraft? Uh, no, they're all conspirators in this, but uh, oh. I'll also go into how that event was also faked. Oh, thank God. And what indication do we have for that, you might ask? Uh, hopefully their testimony <laughs> from Panama. Uh, to start with, they needed a photo of conspirator George Atzerdot, so they just faked one. <clears throat> the photo is supposed to be Alexander Guardian, again, uh, or Alexander Gardner, again. Problem is, it's in the color. They didn't have color film back then, so, uh, you know, you could say it was colorized, but why not colorize pals as well? So the photographer who took Powell's problem, Alexander Gardner, he took this picture as well, uh, both on black and white film. And they're saying, well, oh, this one just later was colorized. But like, why didn't they colorize his other photos? Like, why just that one? So mm -hmm. they're saying that it was taken on color film and then they just tried to pass it as... They didn't have color film in the 1850s. That's what they're saying. It wasn't, it wasn't him. It was well, a photo they, that came about later. Yeah, they, they can add color to photos, though. That's not a hard process. There's a lot of colorized photos of, from the Civil War era. I mean, now there is. Sure. I'm just saying... Did they had it at the time? Oh, I don't I don't think they had it necessarily. You, you would have to hand draw, like, like they do with the it. lightsaber in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you color it in. Yeah, you color fact. it in after the fact. Like an animation cell. Exactly. So okay. you can go in by hand and do that. <clears throat> so you can see in the pictures how they tried to make the backgrounds look similar because supposedly they were taken at the same time on the same ship or whatever. Uh, but there's like glaring issues with it. One thing is that uh, he like changes the f-stop is different in between each photo. So like in one photo that you can see the background is very crisp and in this other photo it's very blurred. Okay. But like, why would he do that? You know, photographers don't do that. Like, oh, I'm going to take one picture of you like this, and then, the, oh, the other guy, okay, no, I want to do a little bit of, like, a focal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it was, like, the guy was like, but what if I do it like this? He's like, no, no, we want it the first way. But, but, but I mean, come on, like this? It's not. It's the process of changing yeah, get, the get, focal length, especially cameras at this time, I imagine, are... You know. Oh yeah, I mean, there. Think of like the most rudimentary camera you can think of, with a long exposure and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Maybe so, he just moved slightly in one of the pictures or something. Right. It could. I mean, he's, they're both in focus. Both the people are in focus. Just in one, the background is blurry. Right. You know, assuming that they blurred the background so you couldn't compare it directly to the one behind Powell showing it that it was a faked image. Sure. What is the benefit of faking the image here? That's what I to say that he's even a person and that he oh, was a so. conspirator 
and that, look, he was on the, on the same boat with these guys, taking pictures by the same guy. Huh. Okay. Uh, so multiple <laughs> pictures. Tough to follow, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> It's confusing. There's a lot of conspirators in this. So they need to prove that this guy existed to what end? So that they could uh, hang him as a... As a conspirator. As a conspirator with these other people. And why does hanging these conspirators... Who does that benefit? Uh, It benefits justice for people who are seeking justice for Lincoln being assassinated. And these are all being... Put up as supposed conspirators against Lincoln. Right, with uh, Booth. Okay, got it. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's everything is like a turnover. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like it's M. Night Shyamalan directed this. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a twist with yes. a twist and a twist and a twist. You thought that was the twist. Uh, <laughs> I was just to make you not see this next twist. So basically, they staged retribution for a staged assassination. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, so another way we know this was all faked is that Harold Atzerdot and Mary Surratt were not military but they were tried in military court, which is highly illegal. Civilians must be tried in civil courts according to the constitution and rules of the army. True. So the Supreme Court ruled on this a year later, but um, that was just a cover. So like later they were like, oh yeah, we shouldn't have done that, but. Whoops. Yeah. Oopsie Uh, poopsie. (laughs) But they didn't even need to do that because, again, the laws were crystal clear about what they needed to do. So they were tried in military court to hide and manage the fraud. Uh, Another way we know is that David Harold's father was chief clerk at the Naval Storehouse at the Washington Naval Yard for over 20 years. The family lived just up the street. Um, It's just, you know... (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of funny to think that store clerks, you know, can just be a store clerk in the military for 20 years and retire. you just manning a store. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a bunch of guys on our ship that did that. I have a friend in the ar- who was in the Army, and that's what he did. Yeah. He just ran, like, a little relaxation lounge or whatever, like a pool hall, basically. <laughs> like a place, place where you can, like, get a little bit of food, like, watch a movie in one corner you can play pool in another and nice. there's like pop a shot and stuff like that his job was just to do the snacks there wow yep that's what he did in the army <laughs> and then you retire and you make a lot of money yeah well, make retirement money yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the point that i needed to make was that the storehouse at the washington naval yard uh and the washington arsenal are the same thing okay so the conspirators were allegedly hung there. Hanged, right? Yeah, hanged yeah. there. <laughs> uh, is it just coincidence that Harold's father ran the place? I don't know. <laughs> Coincidences happen. There yeah. is a quote that says, Alexander Gardner, who had photographed the body of Booth and taken portraits of several of the male conspirators while they were imprisoned aboard naval ships, photographed the execution for the government. So again, if we are just for the government, though, yeah, and again, we know that well, probably to be 
released or whatever. But obviously never turned up. Yeah, and he's already doctoring photos. He's already doing suspicious shit. So the fact that he's even involved in documenting this so-called event is fishy. Uh, what do you got to do? Do they even have doctoring photos in 1850? Yeah, these would be the pioneer. And you put it, and then you just like paint and color in the background to like make it look as close to whatever. Okay. You could, and then you just make a duplicate of that photo, kind of like you know xeroxing it or something. And then you take a picture of the picture that you created, basically. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess it's just as easy as taking a picture, essentially. Sure. But man, that's that's like they're pioneers for sure. Because 1850 photography is only like 20 years old at that point. Well, you know, the government has technologies a little sooner than oh the yeah, that's the right. World, so they've I perfected. Forgot, I forgot they pulled all that alien technology, yeah. all that craft they picked up. Yeah, the 1850 <laughs> craft, which we've never done a, a mystery on. Talk about, <laughs> talk about the green men in Kentucky, though. Yeah, we did. We covered that base. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one base. It could have been them. <laughs> uh, so there's no body of Booth, and Gardner is immediately suspect. He's also the one who took that suspect photo of Powell. Uh, in addition, attendance to this execution was severely limited, and almost all those in the audience were military personnel. Mm. Fewer than 200 tickets were printed, and we aren't told, you know, if they were all given out or sold. It's tickets just, to the execution? Yeah, you know, come out to the execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's see these motherfuckers get what they deserve. Yeah. It's 1850, that's what they do. Yeah, that's uh, their WWE. But it's important because military personnel can be ordered to keep quiet, right, Rob? <laughs> I will never say. They only <laughs> see what they are told to see. Is that track, Rob? I can't. I can't confirm nor deny. Are you serious? <laughs> oh man! Even Rob can't confirm. I can't confirm, Rob. nor can I deny. Ooh. So again, Gardner is supposed to have photographed the body of Booth, but where are those photos? Mm-hmm. They don't exist. Good mm-hmm. If you find them, you send them to me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Tristan wants your dead photos. Oh God! <laughs> a booth. A booth. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Maybe I paused too long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can see why the photos had to be destroyed if we study the history of the identification of Booth's body. Here we go. You ready to get on this body? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I'm ready to look at this I body. I think I'll always say no. <laughs> Check it out. I mean, I'm going to jump on it. <laughs> you climb aboard, damn it. <laughs> so, Charles Dawson, he's a hotel clerk. He said he knew Booth from the initials tattooed on his wrist, but he named the wrong wrist, which, you know, it's hard. It's easy, dude. Left, right. Sure. Sometimes people get confused. Yeah, yeah. sure. The initials yeah. are more important. Maybe he saw it in a mirror and he thought, you know. Yeah. yeah he I'm was giving thinking, that a pass. He was thinking stage pass. left. Right. <laughs> His hotel clerk? Right. Yeah, yeah. Your left, not mine, right? Wait a minute. We're saying a lot of rights and lefts. <laughs> if we want to say right as in correct, let's say correct. <laughs> left side. Correct. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> Where the sun sets. Where the sun sets. <laughs> so the captain's clerk on the Montauk, 
which is the ship where Booth's body was first taken, mm-hmm. uh, said he knew Booth and recognized the body from general appearance. Okay. <laughs> was that a general in the army? He knew his <laughs> General appearance told me. That. <laughs> um, and also the Montauk's acting master, William Crown Crowninshield. Okay. Yeah, he's not involved in the Illuminati. Crown and shield. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the, they said there is no good evidence. Oh, that they both said that he, from general appearance they believed it was Booth, but um, neither of them had ever met Booth. So like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I don't care what you think or don't think because you've never. He looks met. like an actor. Right? <laughs> yeah, I saw a flyer of that play once. Definitely looked like Caesar. Maybe they never met him, but like one of them had seen him in countless shows. You know, and like new. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like every weekend. Just admire him from afar. Yeah. Exactly. Through roses every time. Yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. He can jump on a stage like nobody. <laughs> uh, we got Dr. John Frederick May, who okay. had removed a tumor from Booth's neck. He was summoned, and his first comment was There is no reasonable. Oh, no, there is no resemblance in that corpse to Booth, nor can I believe it to be him. Oh. Dr. May later said the scar on the neck was similar to Booth's. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, to cover your tracks, to have that scar placed on the dead body. Yeah. Just so the doctor would be like... I mean, he's not even of the same ethnicity. Right. But, but the scar's there. Scar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do wonder, like, if uh, you could potentially change a lot of your appearance, too, though. He's like, oh, God, I'm going to get caught. Just starts, like, smashing his face with rocks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How did he die? He died by being trapped in a... Oh, should I... Well, no, this is the mainstream story, okay. which I'm not going to talk about, so you... Yeah, he was basically chased into a barn, and uh, they set it on fire. Doesn't he have last words that are infamous around that? Yeah, they shot a bunch of holes into the barn, and um, basically one of them hit his neck, and it paralyzed him from the neck down. Oh, wow. So uh, he wanted to lift up his gun to, like, fight, but he couldn't move any muscle in his body, and so he just was useless. Useless. Oh. <laughs> Those are his last words. So no oh. stage acquaintances, personal friends, relations, or co-conspirators were questioned, although there were many and available. He was the most wanted man on earth. The natural course would be to take the body to Washington, where as many people as possible could see it. Pictures taken and documentation made. I bet they didn't. But they mm. didn't. No, they did not. <laughs> The army did the exact opposite. Instead of taking the remains to a hospital, they were placed on a ship where the number of people allowed to view the body was controlled by the army. Um. Dr. May was the only witness to identify the body who had actually known Booth. This identification was obviously made under duress since his first statement was that there was no resemblance to Booth and he doesn't think it's him. Uh... Luther Baker, cousin of Lafayette Baker of the War Department and one of those who had captured Booth, then had a private conversation with the doctor, who then was like, yeah, that, that scar, though, 
Those are the same spots. Yeah, for that, sure. that clinched the deal. The general has made me reevaluate my position on things. <laughs> the general pointed out that I had not seen this most crucial evidence before. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Uh, Washington was under martial law at the time, and habeas corpus had been suspended. Therefore, Baker had the power to put Dr. May in jail without being charged and could keep him there indefinitely. I mean, all this makes sense. We were fighting a civil war. Uh, so, yeah, I, got I, I know that that's what Lincoln did. He suspended habeas corpus and everything. And I guess once he's dead, he hasn't unsuspended it. Right. They got to wait for the the next president to actually enforce it. I guess, yeah. Uh, so the body was uh, stored basically almost immediately after the inquest in an army arsenal on ice, hopefully, uh, where the army <laughs> had total control of the site. No, they just like just on the on the living room sofa. Yeah, that's a good spot. It's basically one of those polar bear furs. Yeah, <laughs> he's dead. He doesn't care. Throw him anywhere. They're like dropping him all the way around the ship. <laughs> so the question is why they're not a cemetery. Uh, Booth was also from a prominent, respected Union family, and the family had the legal right to take possession of Booth's body after the autopsy investigation had concluded. Uh, there was no legal precedent or authority for the government kidnapping the body and burying it in an army storage room. Mm. So why wasn't Booth's family summoned to identify the body? Uh, they were nearby in Maryland, and you know it's normal protocol for them to do that. Like if you died, they'd call your family, or rely on the identification of people on board of, or you know they would rely on your family, or would they rely on all these like random people on the ship? You know, right? They'd call your parents, etc. Uh, some would say it's fairly obvious that the corpse wasn't Booth. So. If you have the right corpse, you don't need to create all the ridiculous fiction. Mm. We also have a negative ID of Booth's body by Wilson D. Kenzie, 16th New York uh, Calvary, who was present at the Garrett Barn, also by his partner, Joseph Zygin. Both later signed affidavits that the body was not that of Booth. Likewise, Andrew and Luther Potter, National Detective Police Agents, were also on the trail of Booth in 1865, uh, where they were told or ordered not to continue to pursue Booth, although they had made uh, a negative ID on the body. So these guys were at the barn that Booth was chased down to? And, yeah. And they said, that ain't, that ain't him. So, like, are they saying that Booth was in the barn, but the body they brought back wasn't Booth? Or are they saying that that person that we chased into that barn and set it on fire and shot him full of holes, that guy ain't Booth. I don't know who we so killed. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew and Luther were on their police detectives, national detective, um, and they were on his trail. So oh, okay. they were told not to, like, they're like, hey, don't worry about it. We got some other guys who got him trapped in this barn. Oh, okay. You guys can go home. Good job. Chase him, <laughs> him right into our trap. Okay. Good job. Yeah, now we're going to take the win. <laughs> um, High five for ourselves. <laughs> 
But no, no, they, don't high five each other. <laughs> but some of the guys who were there at the bar agree that yeah, it wasn't him. Wow. Uh, so back to the people who are said to be buried with Booth at the Arsenal. There is a photo, and you can see it. I didn't include it because you know they were. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Yeah, they were, they were condemned. Hooded, so they couldn't be identified, which is also curious. Uh, Mary Surratt's noose was put in place by a Secret Service officer. Why would the Secret Service need to be involved in the execution? Even more curious is that the white hoods were not removed when the bodies were cut down and put into the coffins, which is uh, contrary to policy, since the hoods are for the prisoners, not for the audience. It keeps you calmer and aids in the execution and then usually once the prisoners are dead the hoods according to policy are removed and then the coffins were buried you know would be buried uh, and the other weird thing is that the coffins this time were buried against the prison wall and shallow graves just a few feet from the gallows which is highly suspect and weird as well they just they didn't carry him far <laughs> uh, you know what? Right here is good. <laughs> it's like, are those six feet? Three? Just, I, I mean, no, that'll do. It's, it was so much work just getting them here. <laughs> Honestly, I'm tired. Yeah. Plus, I got this sandwich. <laughs> I'm dying to eat it, honestly. Sandwich is only getting soggy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those Thanksgiving sandwiches. You know the ones. Mashed potatoes, mm. the gravy's in between. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Super wet. <laughs> uh, so it gets weirder. In 1867, the War Department decided to tear down the portion of the Washington Arsenal where the bodies of Surratt and the other executed conspirators lay. On October 1st, 1867, the coffins were uh, disinterred and reburied in warehouse number one at the arsenal with a wooden marker placed at the head of each burial vault. Right next to like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Giant warehouse that Indiana Jones yeah. is walking through. A box labeled <laughs> Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> There's a box that's like E.T. the video game. Apparently that's also where John Wilkes Booth's body lay. Got you. Okay. The arsenal was an army post, not a burial ground. You can't just bury bodies anywhere you like. And, you know, the true that was true in 1865, just as it is now. Mm. Uh, in fact, there was a hospital on the grounds. So you don't bury bodies just a few yards from a hospital. Hey, hey, you don't bury bodies there. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Hey. You know, I can see you from here. Yeah, you don't just bury bodies there, pal. <laughs> this is a hospital. You, good. you take that body and you bury it somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay here until you leave with that body. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you at the river. Okay. <laughs> uh, so again, the hanged people also have families, and those families right. would have had the right to take possession of the bodies. Just because you're found guilty of murder doesn't mean the government is allowed to kidnap your corpse and bury it anywhere it likes. All these people are known to have had families, but even if they hadn't, a hanged criminal wouldn't have been taken to a city, or they would have been taken to a city morgue and then to a city plot, not put in storage for whatever reason. Uh, in no case would a criminal be buried just a few feet from the scaffolding on army grounds. They, they admit this was 
right in the Arsenal courtyard. That would be like burying four criminals in a quad of the school and then just building a little fence around it. (laughs) (laughs) So one picture, in one picture, you can see how close they are to the main building, uh, you know, which definitely isn't a good place to bury bodies of like murderers and stuff. Uh, So now that we're talking about burials, uh, what about the burial of Lincoln? The first strange thing that we read is that when Lincoln's body was returned to Illinois, Miss Lincoln didn't travel with it because she was too distraught. Instead, she returned to Illinois about a month later. This means that Lincoln's own wife missed his funeral and burial, a funeral still called the greatest funeral in history of the U.S. What? Better than Michael Jackson's? (laughs) (laughs) That must have been written a while back. (laughs) And here's the kicker. While she's back at the White House packing, her guard was John Frederick Parker, the drunk policeman who left the theater to go next door to have a drink. What? At Parker, he did not want to stay for the ending of that play. He'd seen it four times already. (laughs) But, like, does that make any sense? Like, would they, like, why would he be the one guarding her at this point? Uh, Recent widows are always distraught by the you know, the incident, but most always manage to attend the funeral and burial unless they have been, you know, seriously injured themselves or something. I mean, Mary Todd, she went through some some shit. That's the thing. She <laughs> is known to be a tough cookie. The only reason that we can imagine why she wouldn't attend her husband's uh, funeral is if her husband wasn't there to attend either. I thought she had issues and like she stayed did. out of the public eye. Uh, I don't know so much about that, but I know that she, like, that the assassination of her husband definitely caused some uh, psychiatric trauma. Uh, So she was definitely, um, I think, hospitalized towards the end. But I could be, I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't really study Mary Dundalkin all that much. (laughs) Well, we're told that hundreds of thousands of mourners viewed the funeral as it processed across the country in late April, but they all viewed was the coffin. They didn't view the corpse directly since they weren't allowed to pass close enough to see it. So as with other manufactured events, you have thousands of witnesses to nothing. They think they see, but they don't see The same problem comes up if we look more closely at Lincoln's medical attendance right after the shooting. Did they take Lincoln to a hospital? No. Curiously, they just moved him across the street to a private home. He was attended by a young army surgeon who happened to be in the audience at Ford's Theater. None of that makes sense. Uh, They misdirect you by allowing other people to ask why wasn't he sent to the White House, which was four blocks away. Which seems like a good question, but the better question is meant to hide the more obvious one, which is why wasn't he taken to a hospital? Like well, Washington, D.C. has so many hospitals. Sure, but this is like emergency services where it's like, who knows how long it's going to take to force and buggy your ass to the nearest <laughs> hospital. I got you. I got you. <laughs> where you could just be like, you know what, get my scalpel and we're going to do this at... Uh, your bedroom, right? You're, you live right there. Yeah. <laughs> We're told that doctors on hand didn't want to subject the president to a bumpy carriage ride, but that is more misdirection, Rob. Oh, no. Was Since, I part of the misdirection alliance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These facilities were so close that the president could have been carried by hand on a stretcher by two men. No carriage ride was required. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
Mm-hmm. We're told the president was taken across the street to Peterson's guest house, but since there were no <coughs> operating facilities there, it's completely illogical. In the real world, Lincoln would have been hand-carried on a stretcher to the nearest and best medical facility, and the top surgeon in D.C. would have been rushed over to attend. Um, the misdirection on this point is that if you... Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, I figure there's not much difference in a hospital and a yeah. at this time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they Enough don't. People die going to the hospital at that time anyway. Yeah, they don't know anything about sterilization or yeah, anything like that. Washing hands. Yeah. And stuff. So also, I mean, they did, but <laughs> they, the Civil War's happening. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries. They've been sure. They've been figuring stuff out as they've been doing it. Oh yeah, no, I'm not uh, saying that that agreement. But I mean, also to that effect, this is the first time we're starting to see people on the battlefield like patching shit up and stuff. So, like, they're very used to doing all that mm-hmm. at this point. Sure. So, the big thing is, like, oh, gunshots to the head, they're 100% fatal. You know, that's the big... Like, it doesn't matter where you took him, he got shot in the head, bro. Maybe. But if you could see, if you could be the one person that saved the president from a bullet to the head. <laughs> uh, and also, this was a slug from a Derringer, so, which is a tiny single-shot pistol used mainly as a stowaway weapon. Um, and although it is a 44 caliber, it had a very slow bullet speed, and the bullet was also spinning less quickly due to, you know, the fact that it has a short barrel. So the truth is, a lot of people have survived being shot by dangers, even headshots. The kill rate was nothing like they claimed of it being 100%. Um, and even the doctor who was saying that it was 100% later, like, contradicts himself and says, like, yeah, sometimes... I mean, that's point blank, though. Yeah, for He's, sure. like, maybe a foot away from him at most. But it's also unclear about the actual path of the bullets. So, sure. given an autopsy, there should be one concise thing, like, here to here, path, whatever, this is what happened. But they're given different, different stories by different uh, autopsy people. So... Uh, you know, why do you need to have different accounts if if it's a real thing? Or how would you even have different accounts if it was a real thing? What, different accounts of the assassination? No, different accounts of how the bullet hit the head and when oh. it exited and how it came out. You know, there's only one head, one bullet, one path. If you have two accounts, we already have proof that it's all fiction. And a real autopsy, there's one accurate account and only one. Sure. That's a really convenient way to look at it. <laughs> I mean, People might just have been like, yes, he was shot in the left side of the head. Well, no, actually, it was the right. Oh, yes. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> yeah. your left, my right. Yeah, I get that. Stage <laughs> left. Stage left. <laughs> Do you even know what upstage means? <laughs> it's where the, where the sun sits. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another kicker is that we don't even have evidence that Booth was there. If all the rest of it is fiction, why believe Blue why believe Booth was there, jumped down, fled, whatever, did the whole thing. Uh well, who else could have delivered the perfect line? It's beautifully delivered. Septumcentris or something like that. Septumcentris Tyrannus. Something that like sounds that. right. Yeah, that sounds like Six a September smart... September Tyrannus. That's sounds it. like a smart thing I remember. For sure. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so in this, 
theory, the entire audience could have been planted. Just tell uh-huh. anyone who wants a ticket at that to that show, it's like sold out or whatever. Then partially fill the theater with military and government personnel. Man, that's Especially a lot of people to have people. in on the. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, you can then run whatever event you like to fool the people on the streets. You may wish to actually have guards running in now and clearing the place. You may wish to have a body carried across the street to the other place. But all the rest can be achieved with a pen. You just write it down, send it to the newspaper, and the job is done. We even have some proof of the above scenario since although the president was supposed to be in attendance to the very popular play, the theater was only a third, uh, was a third empty. Well, yeah, okay. it was a garbage play. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> terribly you know, play. Oh, from you were saying, how do you fill all the seats? You were saying, how do you fill all the seats with military personnel? Well, they didn't fill all the seats. There was the third just empty. Some so, of them. Mm. you know, maybe they didn't have enough trusted personnel on hand to fill all the two thousand four hundred seats. And I mean, even when your bodyguard goes to the bar to drink during the play, you know that's. It's got to speak to the quality of <laughs> yeah, the show. It's just like, it, it, I understand why they're, I'm surprised they were able to get two thirds capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a book entitled The History of J.P. Morgan and Chase Company. We're told. The uh, bankers? Yeah. I guess. J.P. Morgan. We're told that his <laughs> will. He's, he's a banker. He started Chase Bank. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, we're told that the president's will was in probate for two years as well, uh, which you can now read this as indication that Abe lived another two years. Why else uh, would his uh, insurance account stay open for two years after his death? I think or that's be just probate for that long. Bad paperwork. Some it's file so- clerk was just not having it. Oh God! It's so many files. <laughs> it's gonna take me like two years to get through this. <laughs> uh, so there you go. The, in that theory, there was no murder, and uh, yeah, it's just the yarn. Somebody was spinning. Yeah, several yarns. That would that not from one ball. Uh, <laughs> the story was, of my play. It was a complex scarf. <laughs> I do want to try to bust through this one little sec, just so I don't want to do another part. Oh, no, no. I'm me, so sorry. It's, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I'll re-talk about Lincoln maybe like when I do 9-11 or like other sure, planned sure. events, but like I need to finish the I Lincoln. Need to yeah. put Lincoln to bed. You don't know how happy I was to finish JFK. But you didn't! I didn't. That's true. I'm still, still talking about JFK. Good lord. <laughs> so, someone will ask me what happened to Booth. Did he escape from the barn and all that? I certainly hope so. He seemed no, like such a Rob, god. No, Gosh. <laughs> there was never any barn. And no oh, one was ever killed. There's no burnt no, barn? Everything is fake, Rob. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything you know. Do we true. even have a president? <laughs> the body they used was a Confederate soldier already dead. Kenzie and Zegan swore that the body they saw at Garrett's farm wore a gray uniform and yellow brogans. And I don't know, I don't uh, even know what a brogan uh, is. Uh, <laughs> and had a red mustache. <laughs> they knew that Booth had shaved his mustache because they had already visited Dr. Mudd, who had told them. Dr. Mudd. <laughs> his name is Mudd. 
Mom, my neighbor's bug. <laughs> <laughs> call me Aloysius Taylor, call me that's long for mud. <laughs> so I've been told. That's a Primus song. <laughs> uh, like, so there's some other alternate theories that Booth escaped to Texas or Indiana or somewhere, but Booth was Union intelligence, so he wouldn't have gone south. Yeah. We also know he was very wealthy and famous. He already had a great life, so to convince him to sell out his name and reputation and future would be very difficult or impossible. So given what we have discovered, the best guess is that he didn't agree to it. They could only use Booth's name in this event because, oh, okay, Lincoln was not where we, to we were told he was, and so we should assume that Booth was also not where we were told he was. Okay. Uh, they could only use Booth's name in this event because he, in this theory, was already dead, possibly. So, uh, it's conceivable that Booth switched sides sometimes in, sometime in late 1864 and he had been hanging out with intelligence assets from both sides for years, pretending to be Confederate, but actually being Union. So it's possible he got a great offer from the South and moved down there, but it's much more likely that he got caught in his own schemes and was murdered by Southern agents while in costume and under an alias. So because he was under an assumed name, they didn't know they had killed John Wilkes Booth, so they just like buried him. And the Union intelligence discovered Booth had been murdered as a spy at the same time they were working on the fake assassination. And they were like, bada beam, bada boom. <laughs> need a fall guy. <laughs> so they decided to use Booth. They simply neglected to publicize his death to buy time. They made up a story about him going to Canada for a while. Uh, you'll say he was seen in plays or whatever, but maybe he wasn't. That's also very easy to pull off. You hire an actor who looks like Booth and play the local theater, or you pay the local theater critic to say that he was awesome. And there you go, you have people believing that he was there doing this play. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was awesome. Sounds like John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> it was. <laughs> who said that? <laughs> um. I'm doing some editing because I don't really, you know, we could talk about his brothers and how there's a picture. They're all of his, actors. Yeah, and they like put a picture of them all three together working on a thing, even though they like mm -hmm. hated each other, and so like probably didn't do this thing together. And they have this photo where they're all like hanging out, but it's like clearly faked and pasted. Like the shadows don't match each other, and mm -hmm. one is like super saturated, and the other one's like or whatever. I remember hearing a story, it might have been that Shakespeare book, but they were saying that just like a few, I don't know, weeks or months or something before his assassination, one of the Wilkes Booth brothers actually managed to save the life of the president, essentially. What? <laughs> no, it was like was it? I thought it was like the president's something or another. Or maybe like, it was like the president's son or something like, like that. But jumped managed... off a train or yeah, the, like, train track pulled him or something. Yeah, something like I that. I know not this story. Of the train. Like he was like to taken off a train that eventually derailed or something to those effects. That's the like... story. <laughs> we got a train. We got high stakes. We got derailment. <laughs> My God, let's talk about it. I don't know the particulars. I just remember the anecdote. 
there were dinosaurs and then, uh, UFO swooped in. There were dinosaurs <laughs> fighting aliens. But it culminated in saving the president's life. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you could say like they wanted to put him in like um, what's it called, witness protection or something, move him somewhere. But his face was too recognizable in the states, so they couldn't do that. Um, you could say they sent him overseas somewhere, but apparently he. He didn't like that because he was rich and had everything he wanted here. So, like, they just don't see, like, any way where he would just be like, sure, use my name or, yeah, I'm down for the cause or anything like that. I mean, it seems also like they could have just, like, forced the hand to, if you put all that stuff out and say that he's doing, that he, you know, is the assassin of the president, then it would take care of itself in a way. So you'd have to flee at that point. Um, Another thing could be that he just, like, happened to die and he was a spy and so they just like used it because apparently he had like some breathing problems and so uh he like retired from the stage in 1863 due to these breathing problems um so possibly he could have just like died and they were like hey we're gonna use this okay to our advantage (laughs) so the idea would be that the if there was a staged assassination, it wasn't actually John Wilkes Booth. It was just somebody who looked like him. And they're like, well, we already got the body, so it's easy. Wait, what? The idea would be that he died from his breathing problems. Mm-hmm. They had this conveniently dead spy <laughs> on their hands. And so for the assassination, they just used an actor who looked enough like John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, if they it. even went that far. Like, right, What true. I'm imagining is that they have the theater. It's filled with... All the intelligence people or whatever. Yeah. There's sure there's people outside doing their thing, walking the streets or whatever, and then they have all the guards rush in and come out and carry the you know, like no one actually witnessed all went down in the theater. So like okay. they don't even need someone to do this ridiculous thing of like jumping down twenty feet with a right. knife in his pants. No, it's like so everybody's clear on what we're doing here. <laughs> on five, the guards will bust in. Yes. And we will stage the assassination of the president. Everybody clear on the last words. (laughs) Sex symptoms, tyrannous. We've decided this was the easiest thing to remember. (laughs) It means death to all tyrants. But we here at the theater... I thought he said something about the South will rise again. I don't know. I think it was all just Latin. (laughs) <laughs> I know that. The, the killing words were Latin. Then he jumped down and delivered a speech while intermittently saying, oh, my leg. Oh, God, that really hurt. <laughs> I think I heard something pop on the landing. <laughs> yes, yeah, simper tyrannous, the South is avenged. Uh, okay. Ever thus to tyrants, the South is avenged. Uh, so I'm going to end with this last little thing. It's kind of similar to a mystery that we did before about like how all the presidents are related. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of names. Is it all in Latin? (laughs) Uh, before you do that, I will say, check out our Patreon because today I'm going to be retouching on a little mystery of the Scranton Strangler. Oh, that mystery hasn't been touched in months. Years. Years even. <laughs> I don't know when the last time you touched on it. <laughs> it's been a couple years it's been now, a while. I think. It's been a long time. So yeah, check it out. Looking forward to it. 
but if you take a very close and extended study of the genealogy charts in the mid-1800s, you find another layer of curiosity. Ooh, Only by cross-referencing these many geological searches are you able to discover that all these families are closely related. What? That is to say that the research relates the story of Lincoln's assassination. We find that the Todds were related to the Surratts. They were also related to the Booths, Parkers, and Rathbones. So we find more evidence that this was all an inside job. They chose people from their own family to play the parts in the hoax. Interesting. So if you remember, Henry Rothbone was the one who allegedly fought with Booth in the theater box before the shot was fired. Uh, two Surratts were among the alleged conspirators, so you should find it highly suspicious to discover all these people were closely related, mainly through Lincoln, Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd. The genealogy sites have scrubbed the first layer of relations, so it's not obvious on first glance. However, <laughs> once you discover the connecting families, you can make the links indirectly. For instance... The link to the Rothbone wasn't made clear until you find out Mabel Dodge Luhan Ganson, mm -hmm. her great-grandmother Lucy Anderson, mm -hmm. had married twice, once to John Ganson and once to Israel Rothbone. Israel's father and Henry's grandfather were both uh, were brothers. And that the Rothbones were also related to the Reeds, uh, I guess through Lydia Rothbone, who married William Reed, Henry Rothbone's full name was Henry Reed Rothbone, which links us to, I told you names, we're going to come at you. Uh, that links us to John Reed as well. The Rothbones were also related to the Burroughs, spelled differently, however you like. Uh, see if, so you have Elizabeth Rothbone who married Amos Burroughs. That links us to beat poets and William S. Burroughs, among the okay. other. The, that links the Rothbones <laughs> to the Gansons, who, but how does that link them to the Lincoln stuff? Well, the Gansons <laughs> were also related to the Gates. So were the Rothbones. Isaiah Rothbone married Molly Gates. Isaiah was a half-brother of the Rothbones. One of his descendants was Horatio Gates. Uh, <laughs> I thought one of our stomachs was growling, and I realized it was Lou in the other room growling. Was it? Yeah. I, I was convinced someone was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Gates are related to the Todds. Sarah Todd married George William S. or William Gates Sr. in around 1830. Uh, this Gates was the son of. Jerusha Russell Clark, which ties us to the Clark and Russell families as well. We saw the Russells involved in the Lizzie Borden hoax, yeah. <coughs> which is for another day. I already, I already, did, I already covered Lizzie. But did you say anything about it being a hoax? No, I guess I, I don't. I guess I didn't. I guess you did. <laughs> That's what all these names are. Right, yeah. Make me think of. So the Rothbones. Attacked the Russia. <laughs> uh, they were related to the Todds through the Gates. The Rothbones were also related to the Booths. 
To discover this, you have to read a book called A History of the Old Town of Stratford in the City of Bridgeport, Volume 2, page, you know, 1331 <laughs> to 1332. Sounds like a real page turn. Yeah. Sure <laughs> not going to be cracking that book open anytime soon. I'll just have to take your word for it. We Well, yeah, take yeah. whatever that means. I gave you, I gave you page numbers. Yeah, no, you, can, you can definitely get definitely, to that page. It's definitely information. Anyways, we find that there's a reverend, uh, Isaiah Wetmore, okay. who was marrying a Phoebe Walker of Stratford, uh, Connecticut. Wait. <laughs> she was a brother's cousin's friend. I guess his, his, his mother was, was Sarah Booth. Their last son, Charles, married Elizabeth... Elizabeth Rothbone, daughter of John Rothbone of New York. I don't know how those were connected. But the Booths <laughs> and Todds were also related directly. Frances Todd Booth, mother of Confederate General William Booth Talifero, her grandmother was a Todd. So just to be sure you got it, because I don't really have it. <laughs> John Wilkes Booth and Abraham Lincoln were close relatives through Mary Todd. It goes on linking all the families, but, you know, it's boring. I did that. So this is a <laughs> classic case of a patricide, then, is what you're saying? What's what? Family killing family. Family. family killing family? No, that it's all fake, that there was no killings, oh, that they're so all like, hey. That they're a family, and they're like, we yeah. got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> like, <laughs> if you ever see, like, one of those families that puts on a whole play by themselves, you know? That's basically what happened. But all these people are also holding very, like, powerful positions right. in mm -hmm. world economics and other things. Uh, and it shows us that Abraham Lincoln was closely related to one of the most major conspirators in his assassination. And that it was a family affair. And, uh... It's a family affair. It adds more evidence to that it was a manufactured event by the families um, to sell their stories and hoaxes. No, no, Boom. Sold it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm convinced. Yeah? Yeah, like, you know, all the families are there. All the... There's enough holes in the original story for me to be like, okay, yeah. There's room for there to this for this to be bullshit. It's the story as old as time. It's been... It's been... Sold to me as undeniable facts that don't make sense. Yeah, when does he go to the moon and fight vampires? <laughs> That's the two years you know he died doing what he loved, uh, fighting vampires. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. That's where he had to go. Yeah. To the moon. He had to go to the moon. <laughs> His and that's another cool. connection between him and JFK. JFK's in the moon? JFK was originally bold enough to say we will send a man to the moon oh, okay. by the end of this decade, and he got it accomplished. Six there. years after his death, but he got it accomplished. Yeah, I will say I'll do another mystery one day about, it kind of relates to like the flat earthers, but it also talks about like the power families, and um, the Kennedys are definitely one of those power families that are living outside of what we know to be... Oh, uh, I will cover that. 
Oh, you're going to go? <laughs> you're going to go. If it has to do with the Kennedys, you are going to be sick and tired of hearing that. Oh, yeah? So you already know about the other uh, continents outside of what we know to be Earth? <laughs> okay. I don't Boom. have that covered. Boom. <laughs> you ain't going to be covering yeah. that. But you can definitely chime in on my uh, podcast episode. <laughs> I don't know, I might have to just dredge up a whole whole, whole series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I haven't been convinced of anything. I'm You're still open. steadfast. Yeah, I'm open to being convinced, but nothing that you've said to me makes me even remotely, slightly lean the way that I feel like. Yeah. Even the improbabilities yeah. and the facts that, uh, you know, again, they're all like related to each other. That's not weird to you. The fact I mean, that there's like no actual you look hard enough. Body. Like everybody's related, especially in you like the first. Related? I mean, probably, probably not that far apart. Honestly, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Just I mean, like, and also like you notice they left out what all those connections are. It's not like there's ever a clear line where they say these two are second cousins. And by the way, even if they are second cousins, I don't know most of my second cousins. I would have to assume that's a little different back then. Like, you know, more of your extended family. Or I think it's a little different in the sense that everyone was related because there were just less people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially in a new country. We depopulated all of Virginia. In a new country that's forming and has only been here for 100 years, all the people are coming from the same places. I don't even raise the slightest eyebrow at the fact that they're all slightly related. Yeah. Not even one little wily hair. No, not, no, no <laughs> wily hairs. <laughs> That's just where I'm at. I mean, I'm always a skeptic, so I'm going to be a skeptic of anything here as well. Sure. And I don't feel like there's any hard evidence that makes me go, oh, 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 this is interesting. It's pretty soft. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see <laughs> just, you know. Real flaccid evidence. <laughs> You <laughs> slap that evidence around all day. I can't day do and anything happening. with that <laughs> Maybe when I wake up tomorrow morning, you know, that that evidence is pretty solid. <laughs> Give you a massage, but. <laughs> you don't wake up with hard evidence. Where do you land on it, Rob? No. Just a no. It's a no for Rob. That's right. You're a good army boy. <laughs> I, am. I would like to see something like a, just a Can huge cover up like this. I would love to see one that was botched. You know, oh, sure. where it's like wow. he convinced everybody for a little while, but turns out we found Princess Diana, you know, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Or the order for Queen Elizabeth to kill her. Yeah, yeah. Another mystery for another day. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'll end my end piece after we say our goodbyes because it's just the second half of that song. Okay, sure. Yeah, so for High Mystery, I'm Tristan. Oh, I'm Robert. I'm Colin. Now he was admitted to the lawyer's bar. People seeked his help from near and far. He could talk a country mile in an, or in an old courtroom, make a man laugh whose life was doomed. He out-talked Douglas or fancy Dan. Yes, young Abe Lincoln, make a tall, tall man. Hmm. Young Abe Lincoln make a tall, tall man. He had a big war while he was president, finally won the U.S. grant. He heard both sides of the battle of cry. He hated to see those soldiers die. He hated to fight his own Southland. Yes, young Abe Lincoln made a tall, tall man.
Young Abe Lincoln made a tall, tall man. <laughs> Young Abe Lincoln made a tall, tall man. He did. He made a tall, tall man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash highmystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at highmystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.